Hi. Hello. Welcome. Have you heard the good news about American Horror Story? No, you're starting. I also have something. Ooh. I also have something pop culture related. So oh, what, what is your news? I was going to ask you if you'd heard the good news about Paul Rudd. But Ooh. before we start talk about that, I'm Sophia. I use she, her pronouns. I'm Kat or Dylan, and I use they, them pronouns. And my cat, uh, speaking of cats, ha ha ha, my cat has just decided that right now is the perfect time to loudly kibble in the same room that I'm in. I can't hear it. Okay. Um, what about American Horror Story? I have never is... watched a single episode. Me neither, but I think I might have to start because the new season takes place and is currently filming on Cape Cod really yeah i saw a bunch of articles about a bunch of like classic well-known cape cod joints so i i've clicked on a handful we live in massachusetts so i like cape cod news if that's not abundantly clear if you haven't listened if if this is your first episode (laughs) i guess it wouldn't Um, be clear but if you've listened to if you've listened to literally Uh, any other episode in massachusetts yeah if you've i also do too if you've listened to literally any other episode you would know several things one, cat is Greek. Two, yes. I am Jewish. Yes. Three, we live in Massachusetts, born and raised. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is why the, the, the horror movie that we came up with, was, or the disaster movie that we came up with, was called Lobzilla. <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, um, I have, on more than one occasion, clicked on a, the link to an article from the Cape Cod Times. And as a result, I got like, 17 recommended articles from the Cape Cod Times about oh such and such uh classic Cape Cod look like place is a current shooting location for American Horror Story and they were showing all of the like subtle like changes that they did to like various places like temporary of course uh That's changes really to the appearance though. of various buildings to make it work with the story um, but my favorite is, is the story set on the Cape. Yep. My favorite oh. though is like a lot of signs just went from being like a place that says like, oh, you know, year round, this place voted best in this thing to just being the name of the restaurant. Oh, like, interesting. They, they, they took a lot of the extraneous details off of the like made a copy of the sign that just had this the logo of the restaurant it's going bigger. to be very very good for cape cod businesses <laughs> absolutely they were they've been hit hard though not that hard apparently um apparently all almost all rentals on cape cod done through rental sites for this coming summer have been booked on well, cape cod. like for the whole summer yeah like it's gonna be I mean, impossible to rent a place on Cape Cod this summer. I mean, okay, here's here's the thing. I feel like people now more so than ever, especially given now, the new CDC guidelines. <laughs> <laughs> um, it. I will say it's like the the um, low risk people and people who have the vaccine being able to hang out is really nice. Um, the idea of getting to hang out with you in person is really nice. Last night, I had a dream that you and I and two of our very good friends went on a road trip together. Um, I mean, here's the other thing. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Life getting back to normal would be super, super great. As somebody who cannot contract COVID anymore, um, I went to the fucking movie theater on over the weekend. I went to a movie theater and sat in a movie theater and watched a movie. I watched Nomadland in the movie theater. And holy shit, 
the last time I went to a movie theater, talk about good news. I sound angry. I'll take a, a deep breath. I, the last time I went and saw a movie in a movie theater was in a different country. Yeah. I was across the ocean. We have officially reached one year since the last time I hugged somebody not in my immediate family. That's not good news, but like, that's where I'm at. Um, are you sure we didn't hug at some point? We did not. We were going. We were thinking about getting tested and then hugging each other, and then that didn't happen. Damn. Because <laughs> I feel like we did. I am but the I guess, cuddliest motherfucker anyone I guess we on didn't. this well, planet might meet. I am. Well, cat. Yeah. We can. Yes. Because you can't give me anything. Yeah. In theory. Um, in theory. Can I talk about Paul Rudd, though? Oh, yes. Unless you had another comment. But I, well, feel like I, was, we should... I was just going to say that I noticed in the past week or so that a lot of my social calendar revolves around you. <laughs> I Yay. Because you we didn't record last week um, because you're dealing with the end of your module. section. It's module. weird. I don't want to explain it. My school changed their schedule. Yeah. But of you're, you're basically in finals week. It's finals. Kind of. Um, yeah. And it is as finals. a result, um, I didn't, we didn't record this, ep- we didn't record this podcast. Um, we didn't play D&D, which doesn't mm-hmm. affect this podcast, but does affect my social life because <laughs> that's yeah. the big social thing on my calendar each week is playing D&D for between two and seven hours. <laughs> Just keep Jesus. going. Yeah. Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like didn't watch movies with anybody or anything. Because you're generally the person I watch movies with when we watch movies remotely. Mm-hmm. It was it was a weird week. And I was just like, I was just observing that with my sister. I was like, I didn't do anything not with my sister this week. Because most not with my sister things are things I do with Sophia. I missed you. I missed you too. Um, I did miss are... you. I was, I was oh. sitting there and I was like, I feel like I, I, I kept on feeling like I was missing something. I was like, I feel like I... My my other D and D group meets like Friday evenings, mm-hmm. which is a very convenient time to meet because or Thursday evenings because what the fuck else would I be doing on a Thursday evening mm-hmm. from like six to nine p.m. There's nothing else to do between yeah. six and nine p.m. So, but because one of our other friends is across the pond, as it were, mm-hmm. we have no choice but to meet on the weekends in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Which is primo time to get work done. <laughs> Which yeah. we we meet from like 12 to 3. And I'm like, I need that time this to is, do shit. This is peak productivity hours. I was like, but I need that. It's either meet then or meet in the middle of the night for one of our friends. So, yeah. Um. But, okay, Paul Rudd. Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd. First, of, first of all, I think the way I like Paul Rudd, mm-hmm. I think he's wonderful i i you know what i actually think about paul rudd i think paul rudd is is really just some guy and i feel like almost every man in hollywood who's not like a chris evans type Mm -hmm. should really just strive to be just some guy um i am not going to put them on blast but somebody we went to high school with worked at a coffee shop and chris evans uh, they posted a TikTok about this. I've Chris, also met Chris Evans, too. Chris Evans came into the coffee shop uh, and was like, and they were like, I need you to sign this receipt to prove that it's really you. 
And Chris Evans was very confused and they not recognizing wasn't it that, Chris Evans wasn't it was that, like, you, you spent more than $25 on coffee. Please sign the receipt. Like, yeah. And Chris it's Evans like, was like cagey about it. And later they found out it was Chris Evans and they were like, yikes. Yeah. I no was wonder working, he was cagey about signing something. Like, I was working retail somewhere um, in our town mm-hmm. or like a, not I don't want to say it was retail because it was bougier than retail. Oh yeah, um, you know the store. I do. It was like local artists would sell like jewelry that like handcrafted gifts basically, mm-hmm. and he came in and bought a gift for his mother, and um, I did notice, <laughs> and um, somehow didn't pass out, and he was very nice. I remember uh, he happened to be in town. Uh, during the weekend that one of my friends was in a bunch of community theater productions and he went to several of those productions, not the one I attended. The area that he is from is in the general area that we are also from. So yeah. it's not so like... We, there's a lot of people with Chris Evans stories. Yeah, in our general town. Like my friend who works at a rest, an Italian restaurant in our town, um, like also brought him his takeout at one point Mm -hmm. him and when he was dating jenny slate um honestly i'd probably be more i was gonna say yeah like meeting jenny slate well she's also from the boston area i feel like she's also from boston is Is she really i did not know yeah she's she's very much like a local cryptid like anybody could be like oh yeah i I saw chris evans at the liquor store two blocks down and i'd be like yeah that sounds accurate like i'm not gonna well he that. has a he has a house in concord so like you know it's yeah. he he has a home in the, the general um, area in which we two towns along route two often <laughs> yeah spot him. it's like you know it's like when people it's like when i told my dad that steve carell was born at emerson hospital <laughs> <laughs> my dad yeah oh yeah, yeah yeah she's jenny slate's from milton massachusetts huh so, anyway, um, no, Paul Rudd. So, yes, Paul Rudd is just, in my opinion, Paul Rudd is just some guy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you passed, like, if I pass Chris Evans walking down, if I passed him walking down the street and I, I had no knowledge of, like, Hollywood, I would notice him, you know? Yeah. Like, that's a man you notice. You see him and you're like, boing, I hope he never <laughs> listens to this podcast. <laughs> he's tall and he's got very broad shoulders i mean come on like you look at him and you're like the the old dorito man memes yeah yeah Um. you look at him and you notice who he is and i mean this in the nicest way if paul red ever (laughs) listen if paul red ever listens to this this podcast you look at paul rudd and you don't notice who he is like if you saw paul rudd at a barbecue you'd be like Oh, that's somebody's uncle, you know? Yes, yes, yes. That's exactly if what you I mean. Chris Evans at a barbecue, you'd be like, that. that is somebody's, like, son who went and got jacked or something. Whereas you'd Paul be like, Rudd- no, no, no. You'd look at him and you'd go, that is either an athlete or an actor. Yeah. You'd look at Paul Rudd and you're like, ah, I bet he's really nice. Yeah. You're like, I and- bet that guy knows some dad jokes. Yeah, and there's really nothing wrong with that. I really like that vibe, and I feel mm-hmm. like everybody should strive to that, which brings me to my next point. Uh-huh. Um, we've been, This should just be my – I have a really good article, but we've been 
talking about it's this fine. for just, just so get long. To, get to We've Paul been Rudd. recording for 17 minutes. Paul Rudd, you know how Disney has doc- nature documentaries? Mm-hmm. He is going to be narrating one. Ooh. I will give you three guesses as to what it is about. Small mammals. No. Fish. No. Ants. Yes. <laughs> um. Which is just the pinnacle of marketing. It's so good. I just... Mwah. Mm. <laughs> I really like it. It makes you know me very happy. TV shows, like some comedy TV shows, try to be like aware of the memes, but they're kind of behind. They're aware of it, but you're like, why... Why would you do that? Yeah, yeah. But or like or like they they reference a meme and you're like, "Oh, man, that meme is like a year old, my dude." You okay, do you know the TV show that I think just premiered on NBC, like The Mayor or something? Oh, I've seen I saw ads for it. Ads for it. Well, so I'll tell you what made me not want to watch it. There was an ad that featured part of the show that was like, "Don't let politicians eat." They'll get turned into a meme. And it was trying to, like, make fun of the way that now with Twitter and everything, people talk about politicians. Mm -hmm. And at one point, I think it's Ted Danson. Yeah, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's Ted Ted, Danson, which is why I was like, maybe I'll watch that show because I like Ted Danson. Well, so he eats... It's it's he's in a cafeteria or something and he, he gets like a slice of pizza but he eats it crust backwards so he eats the crust first mm-hmm. and people take pictures of it and it like blows up on Twitter because they're like okay. but you know yeah but like the way they talk about it in the trailer it's like Haha, meme funny relatable and it's like Ugh, it's cringy I yes. hate to be like oh cringe but it's cringy yeah. this this. Paul Rudd making, <laughs> Paul Rudd narrating a nature documentary about ants. Mm. Oh, but the, the thing I was going to say about TV show memes is, um, speaking of Ant-Man, there was a very popular meme. He's the only good Before part- Avengers Sorry. Endgame oh. came out about Ant-Man. Oh, yeah. No, I know what and you're talking about. A character on Legends of Tomorrow. Which is one of those shows that does like self-referential modern like meme humor a year late. And I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There's a character oh, no. who has like similar abilities to Ant-Man. I'm just saying that it would be the perfect opportunity for them to be trying to figure out how to defeat the big bad if somebody <laughs> referenced the Ant-Man meme in the next season. Oh, I'm boy. just saying that the timing in terms of like relationships between the tv show and the memes would be perfect isn't it dc yeah and they've made fun of marvel before okay well i don't know i've never watched it legends of tomorrow is the best uh dc cw show because it not from the get-go at the beginning they're trying to be very very serious but like they're the second season they're like oh this is a stupid dumb dumb show where it's all about gays and memes let's run Mm. with that Cow, it's. I think it's time. I think we need to. Um, I don't want to say bite the bullet or pull the trigger or just like jump off the cliff with this one because those are all very jump violent. the shark. 
But I think it's really time that we um, make a second podcast because it's getting to be ridiculous. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Because we just need to talk. We need a space. We need a. We need a. I was, we need I've a, been thinking about this. We need, a, thinking we need a we place have... to a space to play. Hi, hi! Welcome to the segment we call having a business meeting during the episode that Cat may or may not delete later, depending on how long the episode is. Um, <laughs> I've been thinking about it, and I think we should do a variety show wherein we just have a list of like different genres of topics that we basically pull out of a hat, and then it it'll be like I'll reach into a box and pull out like sports, and we'll just start talking about something related to that. <gasps> Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Oh, my, fuck. And it's like a pulled out of a hat variety show where the only prep is just a list of topics that we just pull from at random. Yes. And I was thinking, Cat. you know, it's a variety show. You know what variety is? It's mm. the spice of life. But two white people can't have a show called the spice of life. No, we so cannot. I was going to say, what are, what are some spices that are, I was thinking like salt, pepper, oregano, and something else like white people spices <laughs> <laughs> so i was talking with my i was talking with my my platonic wife Allie mm-hmm. about having a show about media yeah and using the word fetching which is a great word nice um but my mother today i ideally this would be with other juice but yeah. you know close enough you guys the, the two of you are close enough but <laughs> There's a term for when, um, I guess, none of us are Jewish mothers, but when, mm-hmm. you know, Jewish mothers, when they talked, yentas, you know, mm-hmm. they, what if, what if it was called Yentas United and we just talked? <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't think that's a very good idea, we, but I, I, I was thinking like maybe, maybe we could do something to combine our cultures. Um, I come from really, really varied in quality philosophers um and i think to represent me and the way i talk about things the the philosopher of whom i feel like i could most um pull from is diogenes who is the one who plucked a chip so um i think it was aristotle diogenes was like this man who just kind of like lived off to like he didn't he wasn't like a rich teacher or philosopher he was just some guy who lived to torment other philosophers nice so like uh someone um i think it was plato said that man is a featherless biped so diogenes plucked a chicken and uh (laughs) ran into his lecture and said behold a man with a plucked chicken (laughs) Um, like that's the kind of energy that I feel like I would be bringing to this uh, show. Perfect. I don't know enough about historical rabbis, and all of them were men. Mm. Yeah, we will. The, we will. We will come up with a name for we'll our, with, our variety show. I love that idea. But back to Paul Rudd. Back to Paul uh, Rudd and the ant. I actually don't think show. I had anything more to say about that. Okay. Just that he's going to be narrating a documentary about um, ants. I think that's really good for Disney. Okay. And remind I just... me that I have something to say during the middle bit. I'm going to save it for the middle bit, but just remind okay. me. Okay, I um, will. Not about Paul Red. Just a, a thing that it keeps. It's like a house, not a housekeeping thing. We'll we'll get there. Um, okay. Um, <laughs> 
nothing Maybe to be mean. afraid of. <laughs> this is like this is like when you're when you walk into class for, and your professor's like, I would like to see you at the end of class. Don't be scared. And you're like, what? <laughs> no, I'm not scared. Mm-hmm. You're gonna break up with me. No. No, no, no. I'm joking. Um, I'm gonna actually break up with you. No, I'm joking. Um, um, okay. Would you like to go first? Yeah. Can I get a, pre- a sneak peek? Is your article happy, sad, fun? Um, so I have like five articles open and I still haven't picked one. Interesting. Um, um. <laughs> That's a fun sound. Hang on. I had like two that were. I have one that I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up with because um, it's very interesting to me. Um, but I do want to say that um, uh, one of the articles that I might do, I, I've like narrowed it down to two, I haven't decided, but one of them talks about um, a very important mantle and how it is being passed on. Mantle, my brain went to like crust and mantle? Like the earth? Like like rocks? <laughs> like ro- Like rocks? I don't know if I ever shared this story when I was taking my rocks and minerals class, but there is um, a a geological feature called a dike, um, and there are also geological features called cleavages. Mm-hmm. And for a period of time, my professor would talk about dikes and cleavages to a, a class full of um, students who attend class students who attend a historically women's college. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, can you imagine a white male late 50s professor talking about dykes and cleavage to um <laughs> to students? Anyway, um my mine is really cute. I think it's really cute. It's fun. <laughs> Mine's fun. Um and I'm going to have to say a word that might trip a, might trip me up a couple times, but it'll be fun. Just, I guess it's only, maybe it's one. Okay. A cephalopod mm-hmm. has passed a cognitive test Ooh. designed for human children. Interesting. And this only is, a little bit very scary. Yes. This is from Science Alert, and it's by Michelle Starr. It's from March 3rd, so recent, of mm-hmm. this year. A new test of cephalopod smarts has reinforced... How important it is for us humans not to underestimate animal intelligence. Oh, quick mm-hmm. comment. You remember that thing you sent me a little while back about like ocean depth, like the depth oh, of the ocean? Yeah. Okay, I have to admit that thing, scrolling through that, freaked me the fuck out because I kept on expecting there to be a fucking jump scare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, I should have sent a note like, hey, I scrolled through this whole thing and I promise there's no jump scares. <laughs> I knew there wasn't going to be because. It was very professional, and it was about ocean life, and I was sitting there, and I was like, there's no way there's, something's going to jump out at me and be scary, mm-hmm. but I kept on thinking, there has to be something scary coming. Anyway, and there and then there wasn't. I um, mean, the, the um, creatures that live down there. This is why I fucking I, space is very space is very scary. We've talked about how space mm-hmm. is scary and and inspiring, but the ocean scares the absolute ever fuck is out so of scary. me. The ocean scares the shit out of me way more than going into space does. 
mm-hmm. going into space would scare the shit out of me too but going deep deep into the ocean holy cow also doesn't it just make you angry sometimes that james cameron has been is one of like the six people to go to the bottom of the ocean <laughs> go to the like the deepest go to like challenger deep doesn't that just yeah. make your blood boil sometimes anyway we don't have to talk about that because we could talk about that for ages just, yeah we could talk about james cameron for a long time i feel probably <laughs> let's not talk about james cameron though um cuttlefish mm-hmm. have been put to a new version of the marshmallow test which i'm sure i'll get to explaining okay. what it is <laughs> Um, and the results appear to demonstrate that there's more going on in their strange little brains than we knew. Their ability to learn and adapt, the researchers said, could have evolved could have evolved to give cuttlefish an edge in the cutthroat eat or be eaten marine world they live in. The marshmallow test, mm-hmm. or the Stanford marshmallow experiment, is pretty straight. I. Listen, I'm sure Stanford's psychology department <laughs> has done some very good ethical psychological tests, but anytime I hear the Stanford Blank experiment, I'm like, what kind of fucked up bullshit are the, they up to this time? Um, well, well I, I will explain. Okay. The Stanford marshmallow experiment is pretty straightforward. A child is placed in a room with a marshmallow. Mm-hmm. They are told if they can manage to not eat the marshmallow for 15 minutes, they will get a second marshmallow and be allowed to eat both. Okay. How, how do you tell a cuttlefish <laughs> this? I don't know. This ability to delay gratification, I almost really did not was not able to read that word. Uh, this ability to delay gratification demonstrates cognitive abilities such as planning, mm-hmm. and it was originally conducted to study how human cognition develops, specifically at what age a human is smart enough to delay gratification if it means be a better outcome later. Huh. Because it is so simple, it can be adjusted for animals. Obviously, you can't tell an animal they'll get a better reward if, you, <laughs> if they wait, but you can train them to understand that better food is coming if they don't eat the food in front of them straight away. Okay. Some primates How? can... I am, I'm sure they'll explain. It's not a terribly long article, but... Yeah. No, I'm so- sorry. I just, I'm very just interested curious. in this. Yes. I'm yes. very curious. Yes, darling. We'll get there. Hope you don't mind that I called you darling. I do not mind. Sorry. My friend called me yesterday very angry because somebody tagged them in a post on International Women's Day. They are not a woman. Um, I meant to and then forgot to send out a Snapchat to all of my lady friends to be like happy international women's day and then a separate separate post for all my friends like happy totally normal wednesday to everybody who has been mistakenly uh tagged in international women's day posts yep not a woman i mean i am but you're not (laughs) not. Um. yeah um some primates can delay gratification along with dogs albeit inconsistently corvids too have passed the marshmallow test they're smart those are crows and other varieties. The, the, smart ravens. Bir- the smart birds. The smart the, birds. The birds who make art and bring people presents. Mm, mm-hmm. 
Love those birds. Last year, cuttlefish also passed a version of the marshmallow test. Scientists, science, <laughs> that showed up so funny on my <laughs> recording. Scientists, wow. Okay, I'm going to try that one more time. Scientists showed that common cuttlefish, and then the scientific name is listed, although I'm not going to try that, Mm -hmm. can refrain from eating a meal of crab meat in the morning once they've learned there will be something they like much better. Shrimp. Once they've learned dinner will be something they like much better, Mm -hmm. i.e. shrimp. Uh, as oh my a God. team, I, I don't remember what it is. Sorry, slight. I, I was like scientific name that reminded me of something funny I saw. There, I can't remember what it is, but there's somebody I follow on TikTok, and they were talking about how the scientific name of one of the animals that they work with sounds like is like the like one letter off from a sex act, and they put the scientific name into Google unthinkingly, <laughs> and found Uh-oh. a lot of porn. Oh. That's I think funny. it was it was some scientific name that was something like cunnilingus. Oh boy. Or probably fellatio too. Perhaps, yeah. Um that's gotta love Latin. Um <laughs> as a team of as a team of researchers led by behavior ecologist Alexandra Schnell at the University of Cambridge point out in a newspaper. However, in this case, it's difficult to determine whether this change in foraging behavior is a response to the to prey availability. Foraging behavior in response to prey availability was being governed by an ability to exert self-control. So they designed another test for six common cuttlefish. Mm-hmm. The cuttlefish were placed in a special tank with two enclosed chambers that had transparent doors so the animals could see inside. In the chambers were a snack. I wasn't in there. A less preferred species of raw king prawn in one and a more enticing live grass shrimp in the other. The doors also had a symbol on them that the cuttlefish had been trained to recognize. A circle meant the door open would open straight away. A triangle meant that the door would open after a timed interval between 10 and 130 seconds. And a square used only in the control condition meant that the door stayed closed indefinitely. Okay. In the test condition, the prawn was placed behind the open door or the live shrimp was only accessible after a delay. If the cuttlefish went for the prawn, the shrimp was immediately removed. Interesting. Meanwhile, in the control group, the shrimp remained inaccessible behind the square symbol door that wouldn't open. The researchers found that all of the cuttlefish in the test condition decided to wait for the preferred food, the live shrimp but didn't bother to do so in the control group where they couldn't access it. Oh. Quote, cuttlefish in the pre- present study were able to wait for be- for the better reward and tolerated delays for up to 50 to 130 seconds, which is comparable to what we see in large-brained vertebrates such as chimpanzees, crows, 
and parrots, Schnell mm. said. Another part of the experiment was to test how good the six cuttlefish were at learning. They were shown two different visual cues, a gray square and a white one. That's right. I forgot that cuttlefish can see color because mm. they can change their color. Oh, yeah. Because they do that to make things see them. Yeah. Um, a gray square and a white. God, that's so stupid. I think cuttlefish are very interesting. They're kind of yeah. cute, too. Um, when they, they approach. Give me the heebie jeebies, but they're valid. Yeah. Hang on. I'm going to look up what cuttlefish look like. Cut. Cuttlefish. Ba 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 ba. Ba ba Oh, yeah. They are kind of not. They are kind of weird looking. Cephalopod. Ooh. Ooh, this guy's weird. He looks like a cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> They're um, um, really cool oh my and God, really smart, he's, but man, man, do they this give This one's me really PBGs. weird looking. He's got googly eyes. Oh my God, I He looks like Octodad. Have you seen the video of scientists coming across the googly-eyed one and they just can't stop laughing <laughs> yes yes i love it when i i love when we're reminded that scientists are just normal people it's my oh jaya did talk about this on the podcast when we had them on about um the nasa scientists or the the scientists who thought they were getting heckled by Stephen Hawking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's one of my favorite stories. Um, do, do, do. Oh, back to the cuttlefish with the squares. Um, when they approach one, the other would be removed from the tank. If they made the correct choice, they would be rewarded with a snack. Again, I'm not there, so I don't know what they're being rewarded with. Um, I mean, there's they... more than one snack in existence. Yeah, I mean you, but um, once they learned to associate a square with a reward, the researchers switched the cues so that the other square now became the reward cue. And that seems mean, but I I, I get it. Interesting. I, <laughs> I understand. Once I really liked science class in school, but once you have to like start designing experiments, everything starts to go over my head a little bit. Like yep just like wait why would okay so no wait <laughs> interestingly constantly. the cuttlefish that learned to adapt to this change the quickest were also the cuttlefish that were able to wait longer for the shrimp reward oh. that's interesting that seems <sighs> give me a second that seems like cuttlefish can exert self-control all right that seems like cuttlefish can, can exert self-control, all right? Mm. But what's not clear is why. In species such as parrots, primates, and corvids, delayed gratification seems to be linked to factors such as tool use because it requires planning ahead, food caching, for obvious reasons, mm. and social competence because parasocial behavior, such as making sure everyone has food, benefits social species. Cuttlefish, as far as we know, don't use tools or cache food, nor are they social. 
The researchers think this ability to delay gratification must instead have something to do with the way cuttlefish forage for food. Cuttlefish spend most of their time in camouflage, sitting and waiting, punctuated by brief periods of foraging, Schnell said. They break camouflage when they forage so that they are exposed to every predator in the ocean that wants to eat them. We speculate that delayed gratification may have evolved as a byproduct of this, so the cuttlefish can optimize foraging by waiting to choose better quality food. It's a fascinating example of how, of how very different lifestyles and different species can result in similar behaviors and cognitive abilities. Further research should, the team noted, try to determine if indeed cuttlefish are capable of planning for the future. Mm. What is their five-year plan? Where are they going for graduate school? Do they have a job yet? Have they reached out to employers? Are they saving for their retirement? All very stressful questions. Let's see if they crack under the pressure, Mr. (laughs) Cuttlefish. What's your five-year plan? Are you planning on having children? Are you getting married in the future? What's deal with airplane food do you know the answers to the questions that really matter do you believe in god do you know what happens after we die are you capable of planning for your future that's what us and on that note (laughs) that's what us researchers really want to know have you seen I, the thing where... Sorry, I just think it's to... really funny that they're trying to determine if, cuttle, if, if cuttlefish are capable of planning for the future. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just like when scientists figure out they could train plant... I, I don't know if it's train is the right word, but they, they figured out how to get plants to send emails. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, why? Why would you put this burden upon them? <laughs> yeah. Why would you put the burden of... Um, planning for the future upon these cuddle uh so-called cuddly fish have you seen that that tiktok that's like uh people keep saying we should return to monkey no monkey we should not return to monkey single-celled organisms return to soup um i have i yes why let's let's not ask cuttlefish about the burden of their future i think Mm -hmm. it's too much I didn't even know about the burden of my future. Um, why Why are we asking cuttlefish about whether or not they're capable of planning for the future when humans are so barely capable of planning for their own? Do you want to know what I know about my future? What do you know about your future? I know that I want to continue doing this podcast. That's about as sure as I am about the future. Um, and that you want to continue to drink water? I do. Are we done talking? Are you ready to transition to the middle bit? I mean, I am. Are we done talking about cuttlefish? I think we can be. I can be done talking about cuttlefish. Uh, I don't have much more to say. I thought I was going to be saying cephalopod more in this um, cephalopod cephalopod. It's not that hard to say. It looks like it's going to be I thought gratification was the word that you were planning on fucking up because that word I struggle with. I struggle with gratification every day. (laughs) Jesus. Or delayed um, gratification, I should say. No, here's to water. Oh, here's to water. Here's to water. Drink it. Um, I 
want to tell everybody to go listen to Grace Victoria's song down in Georgia. Oh, she, yes. Yes. Okay. I reached out to her on Instagram um, to ask her if we could talk about her song on the podcast. She, she said, absolutely. And yeah, she has a song that you can stream on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever, called Down in Georgia. And all of the proceeds are going to be donated to black organizations and the song is fantastic everybody should go stream it listen to it it's absolutely phenomenal um i don't have much more to say about it other than go do it hi this is future cat here quick little clarification this song is actually called down in virginia not down in georgia um, I just wanted to say this was kind of like a thing that I was going to say last week and then we didn't record last week. Um, and so it's not I mean, it's still relevant. It's still very relevant, but it's not quite as relevant. And it is um, do what you can to help the states that were especially Texas that were affected by that really huge storm. The winter um, storm. If you if you kind of heard about it and saw it on the news, but you don't like you don't. If you think. I don't want to be like, if you think it was just a snowstorm, listen up. But like, if mm-hmm. you are curious or you feel obligated if you're from- to um, kind of learn more about what's going on, um, the there was um, an episode of the podcast Wonderful, which is a podcast done by Griffin McElroy and his wife. They do not need the promo. They are like basically the, he's basically the prince of podcasting. Um, a little bit, but I yeah. would say if you listen to the episode of Wonderful, where they talk about uh, Griffin and his wife Rachel, who's like eight months pregnant, and their four-year-old son Henry trying to navigate having to leave their home during yeah, the storm. Yeah, I, I listened like, to that episode. Yeah, I would listen to that episode. I like. I don't want to say it changed me as a person, but it definitely like made me really think about what's going on in Texas and want to like research resources that i could help contribute to yeah i will also i would also say that um for anybody who lives somewhere that gets snow gets major snowstorms on the regular Mm -hmm. you might have heard like there was a big snowstorm down in texas and yeah like like, that's a lot of what i heard too like yeah um it's not the same like 90 percent of the state lost power um most people lost like water um, yeah the infrastructure in Texas, not just the power infrastructure, but everything. And this is part of the reason why I want, I am studying sustainable infrastructure. Mm-hmm. The entire grid system, the way the state was built, and it's not just Texas, because it wasn't just Texas that was hit. I think West Virginia, the Tennessee, uh, less so in Kentucky, a family in Kentucky, but a lot of states were hit really hard. It's the entire infrastructure. And not only that, but there's no formal education on how to safely deal and drive and take care of your home, mm-hmm. your life, anything in dealing with a winter storm. And us as people who've lived in Massachusetts our entire lives, we know things like salt your driveway. Yeah carry a shovel in your car keep sand in your car for when your car gets stuck in the snow dealing with extreme weather is a learned skill 
Yeah. I remember it's like, the, the first time I tried to get a car out of ice and snow, I literally broke the windshield wipers with my hands because I didn't deal with the ice properly. Like, yeah, it's, you know, like I keep a bag of um, either sand or kitty litter, depending on what's cheaper mm-hmm. in my car in case my car gets stuck in snow and you put that under your wheels to give yourself traction and you know i know to salt my driveway mm-hmm. we know to salt our driveway that helps but the if it it in texas and other places that got hit hard um, we own shovels and yeah. thick coats and gloves yep. that are used for doing manual labor in cold weather Yep. Yep. And and the thing is, as climate change gets worse, it's not just a one-time thing. Yeah. This isn't just a one-time off the... This isn't just going to be a one storm and this is never going to happen again. Also, I just want to throw out this out there because there were some Texas... Literally, Texas uh, public officials saying that it was because of uh, the Green New Deal or green energy that this happened. That is just factually inaccurate. No, it's completely factually inaccurate. And the the other thing is that the power grid, Mm -hmm. this kind of thing would not happen or would happen far less if we had a major update to not just in Texas, but everywhere across the United States, the power grid mm-hmm. with the expansion of addition of renewable energies. And I don't want to talk about this for too much longer, yeah. but... Um, Do what you can. There, uh, learn what you need to. Yeah. And there are... When um, you see people judging areas based solely on who their government officials are, remember that it's not the rich white people who are most affected by stuff like this it's no it absolutely is not the people who are going to take the the people who are and who have taken the brunt of this storm are frontline workers absolutely hospitals and people of color mm-hmm. and specifically low-income people of color. I saw, I think it was on Twitter, someone was saying, remember during any kind of disaster, be it the pandemic or a natural disaster or what's going on in Texas, um, people will rush to say, oh, we're all in the same boat. That is not true. We are all in the same storm. But some of us are on yachts and some of us are in rowboats. Let's not forget about what happened after her. Let's, okay. Let's not forget about what fucking happened after Hurricane Katrina. Yeah. As somebody who spent in one of my classes, we spent three weeks covering environmental disaster and inequality. Um, it's a big fucking deal and something I'm I'm really, really passionate about mm-hmm. in the way that disaster relief gets distributed. Because if you look at the way it happens and it's usually pretty clear with hurricanes it happened with katrina it happened with hurricane maria it happened with hurricane harvey 
and it's happening now. Yeah. And it's pretty clear and you'd have to be fucking blind to miss it that FEMA and this government I don't care who's in charge. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Republican, Democrat, it doesn't fucking matter. They do not care about people of co- people of color. Yeah. And it's consistent and it's shitty and um it's not good news i i yeah i don't want to put this on a t-shirt i don't want to have said this, this right before. now no but, but it's it's not good it's not it's good not news, good news but, but it is important. the news yeah. it's not good news but it is the news um yeah yeah um on a lighter but drink your water note, what was the other thing you were gonna uh, you had something well you i have to i have about. my uh headline without context <laughs> okay um on Ow, a lighter but similar Jesus. note this isn't funny but I it just is... bonked myself in the nose. <laughs> this isn't necessarily funny, but I did think it was good news and it was interesting. And there's not, I'm going to be honest, I read the whole article. Most of the information is right there in the headline. So this headline comes to us from Golf Week. Golf Week? Like... By, or it's on the Golf Week website. It was originally you're saying posted golf, in the case. You're saying golf not yes. golf, and not yes. golf. Golf is in the sport. Um, this, ah. the, the article was originally posted on the Cape Cod Times, uh, by article by, oh, my phone went to sleep, Jessica Hill. Uh, again, read the whole article, but our headline without context is, could Cape Cod Country Club become a solar farm? That's what the owner is asking. Um. Got it. I, I, I hope so. Yeah. Um, I'm, I know I said without context, but I just want to say, uh, apparently, Golf isn't as profitable profitable as it used to be, so a lot of uh, golf course owners are thinking about converting their golf courses, which are already big swatches of land that have been cleared of buildings and trees and stuff, into solar farms. Do it. Yeah. Um, Do it. The the thing I like about this is right there in the headline, it's the owner of this country club who's like, you know what? What if we just put up a fuck ton of solar panels? Do you want to know what my favorite like trend is in oh there's a specific word for it and i I always forget it Mm -hmm. so this is so i think this is the coolest fucking thing in the world so some team of researchers went out to a solar farm and saw that wild mushrooms were growing underneath solar panels and discovered that solar panels underneath solar panels are literally like the perfect environment for growing um vegetation that likes a lot of heat but not a lot of sun so a lot of um they're looking at combining um agriculture and solar um lands so places that have really good soil um Mm. and also a lot of sun exposure would be really good for this anyway i just think that's really cool that people are growing mushrooms underneath solar panels okay not um, that i like i don't like mushrooms to eat because they taste they feel weird in my mouth mm-hmm. you're valid um now i just want to throw out there uh you know do you know what episode this is is this our hang on 20th 25th 
This really? is our 25th episode. We are a quarter of the way to 100 episodes, which wow. I find very exciting. Um, also, we have 24 episodes posted, and they are all, they average at more than an hour long, which means if you listen to our podcast nonstop, you would go for more than a day, which is very exciting to me. Wow. Wait, that's really cool. It's a fun little milestone. That's really cool. And uh, in honor of that, you should go leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Absolutely. A 25-star review on (laughs) iTunes. Um, If everybody left us a five-star, if everybody who listened to this podcast left us a five-star review on iTunes, we could get um, uh, 25 stars. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We Um, have one five-star. We we might have more. I don't know if we have any more. We should, we should, you should check our iTunes reviews while I check our email. Um, our our very important middle bit where we actually do business stuff like check our email send us a thing uh, tweeted us on twitter at at h-y-h-t-g-n podcast on twitter we have or- seven reviews on itunes well we have one we have one written review that somebody mm-hmm. wrote for us uh yeah. And we have seven ratings. All I believe are five stars. We nice. have a five out of five star um, re- ratings. You can tweet at us at H-Y-H-T-G-Y-N. Nope. H-Y-H-T-G-N, H-Y-H-T-G-N. podcast on Twitter or uh, at our network at Tangents Only Network or at Tangents Only. I believe. Yes. Validate us. Yeah. We, we crave validation. Um, so one of one of the articles I have is an interview with Guy Fieri, which isn't really an article, which it's is why I'm there. hesitant to do it. But I do. I just love Guy Fieri. Fieri. It, the the out the the interview is out there for you to go. Where is it? Where can they find? Yeah, um, it's USA Today. It's an interview with Patrick Ryan, and it's Guy Fieri on Tournament of Champions, Pandemic Hair Care, and abdicating his Mayor of Flavortown title. Um, excellent fantastic go check it go out seek it out um where did it go where did my other article go um here we go this comes to us from the akron beacon journal by uh doug this article is by doug livingston uh, can i just say i really like the name doug i not for me or member of my family but um i just like it i think it's a great name i just think it's neat <laughs> good yeah. for you doug uh headline law would let restaurants keep more of their sales through doordash grubhub uber eats etc yes uh once again we're back at the i'm talking about food apps again um <laughs> Second week in a row. Uh, Marcus Harris considered contract contracting DoorDash to deliver to-go orders from his Marquis restaurants in Canton and East End in Akron. The San Francisco tech company offered to handle the sale and take on the risk of employing the drivers and the liability insurance. At the same time, DoorDash offered the service in exchange to fifty in, in exchange for fifteen percent to twenty percent of sales, which Harris said was better than the thirty percent he was quoted by Grubhub or Uber Eats. Uh, then the pandemic hit. DoorDash upped the fee to 30% as customers wary of the virus made 
a hard consumer shift to on-demand takeout orders. Harris reluctantly, quote-unquote, went with DoorDash. I'll be nice, he told Akron City Council Monday. The gouging is a little bit rough. City lawmakers in Akron are taking a week to review legislation that would cap the commission rates of third-party food delivery services at 15% until 120 days after safe health orders are lifted and restaurants can go back to 100% capacity. Uh, That's scary. What do you mean? Restaurants going back to 100% capacity. In my, I just, it scares me. I mean, I know I, technically speaking, can't covid again well i could covid to i could covid to electric boogaloo um i personally if we i would be happy if restaurants never went back to 100 percent capacity if and this is a big if we ended tip tipping wages um because only being able to serve 25 percent of the customers you would normally serve is like a huge dent in tips even if even if you like quartered the staff, that's not how that works most of the time. Because it's just the way the oh my staff god, works. I yawned. I really big. I did a big yawn. Hold on. Oh my god. Okay, I um, we need to pay workers better. Yeah, and I think I think at some point we will be able to get back to normal restaurant stuff yeah just not as soon as people are going to want it to be and it's it's hard because like a lot of people don't make as much money when they can't like there's so many industries that have been hit really really hard by this yeah and I understand being like as we need to as soon as possible get like jobs back and whatever and like it's hard it's hard sorry i just if you're dining inside and you're not vaccinated or you haven't got got covid and you can't spread it i personally just feel like you shouldn't yeah like is that selfish of me to say is that like hypocritical i feel is that hypocritical of me to say a little bit I mean, like I the thing is um there is like I don't want to say there's a it's complicated <laughs> it's it's complicated it's so complicated I just it's I feel like I the, I could go to a rest I could go like, to a restaurant today and sit down and be safe inside a restaurant and and not be a carrier and put people at risk. That's my thing. Mm-hmm. And not come back and put the people I am living on the yeah. same floor with at risk. My thing is like, especially with like reduced capacity, if you're going to a restaurant, um, if you like look at the church, even with outdoor dining, I, so my mom, I love my mom. You don't And tip. I understand why she has this. But she has a thing taped to our refrigerator since like May. And it tells you how risky each thing like thing that you might do in a day is and every time I look at it I think about the like oh it's a like level three risk to go eat an outdoor establishment and I'm like okay how risky is it to be a wait staff there who is constantly walking by people not wearing masks like mm-hmm. yeah 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 and um 
I mentioned I, I worked a job where um, as far as we know, none of our customers ever got COVID, but half the staff did. Because like we were doing everything to keep the customers safe, but they weren't doing what they should have been doing to keep us safe. Keep you safe. Yeah. And I believe the policy in Massachusetts is that if you are not eating or drinking, you have to wear a mask inside. Yeah. In restaurants. But even then, like... But it's like the bare minimum. While people are eating and drinking, the... the yeah. I'm sure things have changed since I was... I worked in the restaurant industry um, because, you know, when I worked in the restaurant in- industry, there wasn't a pandemic on at the time. But, uh, like, the waitstaff are supposed to be available to come over even when you're eating or drinking. Which means mm-hmm. even when you're not wearing a mask. It's just... My thing is... I, on the one hand, it feels incredibly selfish of me to say, don't go out if you haven't been vaccinated or you haven't gotten COVID. Again, I will say it's complicated, but here's the thing. Uh, Those places are going to be open no matter what. So if only vaccinated people go, you're lessening the chance that those servers are going to contract the disease. Yeah. I just, it's like, I... Would not have, I said I went to a movie theater. I would not have gone to a movie theater under any circumstances had I not already had COVID. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. For my own safety and for the safety of everybody who works at that movie theater. Mm-hmm. And for the other people who I was sitting in the theater with, I wouldn't have gone. Absolutely no freaking way would I have gone. Yeah. Even though going to a movie is one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way I would have done it. I haven't been to anyway. the movies in a year because, you know, I can't do it safely. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, this idea, pitched by James Hardy, Akron's deputy mayor of the for the Office of Integrated Development. Is the- Akron, Ohio? Sorry, I forgot. Yeah, yeah this is Akron, Ohio. Uh, the legislation could save individual eateries tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> Columbus, Cincinnati, and Cleveland have already passed the regulation on private business transactions, which has yet to face a constitutional challenge in courts, to ha- Hardy's knowledge. The prop- proposed legislation would add third-party food delivery service to a list of uniquely regulated Akron businesses, including ava- aer- aviaries, carnivals, child boarding homes, uh... Uh, buses, bail bond offices, and boxing matches. Bail bonds? Sorry, I'm just that whole uniquely regulated Akron businesses, aviaries, carnivals, child boarding homes, buses, bail bond offices, and boxing matches. Um, If passed in Akron, the third party food delivery service could charge no more than 15% of of every order. While companies like DoorDash, Uber Eats, and Grubhub stand to lose hundreds of thousands of dollars in Akron alone, the legislation prohibits them from cutting the pay for their drivers to recoup most of the revenue. That's that's that is a smart provision to include in this. Being like, not only can you not take money from these restaurants, you still have to pay your fucking workers. Jesus. Yeah. I hate that they have to do that, but under capitalism. Anyway. Yeah. I really hate capitalism. Mm. 
Um, I really hate, and I really this hate article that is people pretty long, but I just want to say, so apparently this trend is spreading and it's on a city by city basis for now. Um, but there is a push to limit food delivery apps from taking more than 15% from restaurants, which good. I just, I really hate that people, I really hate that it's a thing that we have to make people care about other people yeah. because of money. Um, I just heard my buzzer. I have to go sign for a package. I will be right back. Okay. <laughs> oh, I can't sing that because of copyright. Uh, um, we talked about Blue's Clues. Think about Blue's Clues and you'll get it. I wonder what package Cat is signing for. Package. Big package. What kind of... This is my ASMR hour. Well, minute, probably. Is it the kind of package that... I bet it's a thing that's battery-operated. When my mom got a new computer, it had to be signed for at our house. Somebody had to sign. Maybe it's a computer or a game system of some kind that has a battery. That is why maybe you'd have to sign for it. Um, maybe it's a uh, maybe it's food delivery. Although they probably would have said it's delivery of some kind. So I bet it's not food. I don't see why people. I get the other parts of the the, the thing. Okay, they're back. There was nobody and nothing there. I assume it was somebody locked themselves out and was just hitting buzzers at random so somebody would come let them in. Um, are you expecting a package? Yes, but it wasn't supposed to be here till tomorrow. So, what package? Um, it's a present for my sister, but it's got alcohols in it, so. Ah, so they need to see your identification? Yes. Ah, I didn't, I did not think of that one. You'll hear what I thought of. Okay. <laughs> I was doing some ASMR. Some, some speculation. Some whispering. I ran up the stairs. Do you need a second? No, I'm good. I'm good. I, I have water. Yay. Okay. Yeah, but, um,. This app, or not this app, this proposition is trying to, sorry, <laughs> let restaurants keep more of their sales through delivery apps, which is nice. Especially, I didn't realize how much gouging has happened during the pandemic. Um, because a lot of, not all restaurants signed on pre-pandemic, but a lot of these restaurants agreed to a certain percentage before the pandemic, and then during the pandemic, they were like, well, if you want us to keep delivering for you, you're going to have to pay more. Um, mm, or that's not nasty. pay more, lose more of what you're bet getting paid. I don't like that. I don't like corporations. Yeah. Fun fact, corporations... I am treading on shaky ground if I want to get sponsorships 
certain corporations can suck my butthole. And I hope your Amazon boycott is going as well as mine is. But, I mean, when in doubt, just don't buy from Amazon. <laughs> yeah, when in doubt, don't buy from Amazon. Um, also, just to say, you know, again, just be very critical of the Biden administration. He did throw his support in for unionizing Amazon. Yeah. He um, did say he was in full support of unionizing Amazon. I which... also, I just want to throw out there, I saw a lot of people... Um, kind of reactionary to various things that have been happening in the government in terms of like promises not being fulfilled etc and I've got a couple of thoughts on that and I just want to say um, first and foremost uh, Joe Biden is not a fantasy hero he is your employee yep um, and if he's not doing what you want him to do fucking tell complain him. to somebody about it talk to his manager call um, your rep fo- call your fucking representatives yeah and second of all uh the government is not entirely the president i saw a lot of people complaining that certain things didn't pass and i'm like call hey do you live in the state the state of somebody who voted against this thing that you wanted call them tell them write them a letter like there's um writing letters Oh, yeah. Handwritten. um, Handwritten letters are the most effective way um, to contact your representatives, followed by phone calls. Um, And I will also say um, you can always write letters to Chuck Schumer and and Nancy Pelosi. They are the Speaker of the House and the Senate Majority Leader. Yeah. Um, Just because they're not your your employees. Yeah. 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 This isn't just like, uh, like I know people are like, this isn't like, I, I want to make the, oh, speak to their manager joke, but you're not a consumer. You elected them. You are their boss. Yeah. Um, this isn't like you being a Karen or whatever. You, they are your elected fi- officials. They are supposed to be representing you and your interests. They're not. Uh, minimum wage frontline workers they are not all rich people but they are they have a certain amount of privilege so don't feel bad for calling them out on shit mm-hmm. and like write to them contact them I know um, like obviously it's better or not obviously but it is been shown that it is better to handwrite letter or not handwrite letters but like send a physical letter and or make a in-person phone call yeah but if those things handwritten are stressful letters, you can send emails like yeah. just- handwritten letters do as somebody who worked for a grassroots campaign a grass in grassroots organizing handwritten letters um actually um one you can usually find a template that you can just copy and sign your name for yep but also handwritten letters do make a huge amount of impact like yeah insane amount of impact um to the degree where it's kind of shocking because you get to see somebody it's it's not just it's it's more than it's physical if you can send a letter yeah if you can't make a phone call and if or write if you email. can't do those two things i will say uh phone calls are more effective than emails generally yeah. speaking but if you it, can't it goes handwritten letter phone call email 
and then um signing a petition on online yeah (laughs) that one's on the ground yeah petitions Um, are great um for showing for proving a point but they're not a great way to tell somebody something yeah um and no the last thing i the thing i was gonna say is um it can sometimes feel a little for me it sometimes is a little like oh we live in massachusetts what's the point of calling your representatives um if your representative agrees with you on a lot of issues people who disagree with you are going to be writing them a lot of letters because that's how that works um, so you need to like a spe- not a- if somebody disagrees with you or if somebody voted a way that you hate, obviously write them a letter, but also like make your voice heard because your the opposition is definitely making their voice he- voices heard. Yep. Um, anyway, <laughs> we've gone on several tangents, but that is what we're here for. Um, you have heard the good news about cephalopods oh are you not talking about the app anymore well i that was kind of it oh okay (laughs) (laughs) you have heard the good news about cephalopods and um guy fieri just you know briefly being who he is paul Um, rudd sorry paul rudd paul rudd um cape cod he's he's just some guy (laughs) um Where was I going with this? What was? What oh, was go listen golf to courses. down in, golf courses. Go listen to or down in Georgia. Power. Go listen to down in Georgia. Um, uh, once again, Grace Victoria. Go listen to down in Georgia. All of the proceeds are going to black organizations. She's yep. donating all of them. The song is um, really, really, really good. Go listen to it. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Cannot recommend it um, highly enough. Yeah. Uh, if you are able to, write your representative. Yeah. About something that you care about. Help out in Texas if you can, too. Yep. Um, Not just in you, Texas, but... Yeah. Um, I know, like, just just one more, one more little thing on the write your representative thing. Um, if you just set aside time each week to just think about writing your representative like just put it on your calendar like put like maybe write my representatives and then uh you know you can always google what the issues going on in your area are Ooh. also start small um i our representative our state representative for Mm -hmm. our town our state district yes um i met her um when she was campaigning yeah and we talked for a little while i interviewed one of our state representatives about the best way to contact your state representatives yeah and she was like send me send me a letter that's the best way so i we she her alma mater is my school um and she for every year that she has been in office Granted, she, she thinks my name is Cindy. She thinks my name is Cynthia, oh. which is hysterical. But she sends me a Christmas card. Oh, nice. And I have I've written her a couple times. Um, but your elected officials 
should care about you. Yes. And if they don't, also vote I would, I would posit them that they shouldn't just out. care about people who are similar to them. Yes. They should care about the people they represent. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, vote you for somebody can else. Vote them out. Yeah. Get rid of them. Use your voice. You have a voice and it matters. And sometimes it feels like our democracy is broken. And it sucks because you have places and people who continuously... I just... I'll make this point very quickly. Mm -hmm. You have places and people who continuously try to silence people who are not wealthy and white and... Christian. Christian, and who do not fit the pedagogy of white supremacy. And you have that consistently, and it has been throughout the entirety of American history. Mm -hmm. And it feels sometimes like it's never ending. And it sucks. I would also just like to say, um, I feel like a lot of the times, and I, I felt this way for a really long time, and then I talked to older activists And then I was like, oh, right, of course. And it is a lot of young people who are disenfranchised with, and like people of all ages, honestly, who are disenfranchised with our modern government will be like, well, the government sucks and it's terrible and so much for like, so much for democracy. And then that's the end of the conversation. And it's like, listen, when you take the whole system and say that it's bad and terrible, you're giving your... I don't want to say an excuse, but you're giving yourself an excuse to not do anything. And it's like, yeah, there's a lot of issues. I'm not going to say that there's not. But it's also, you can still do things. You can call people, you can write to people, you can vote for people, and you can go out. And if not enough people are voting for somebody and not enough people are advocating for something, get other people to join you. Like, Yeah, I mean... Look at what Steve what Abrams did. Like I was about to talk about. <laughs> St- I was about literally about to mention Stacey Abrams in Georgia, um, and I, I we could keep talking about this. We Forever? need to start two. We need to start two two podcasts. We uh, need to uh, have another podcast because I actually I don't think we should be the ones to have a social issues podcast. I think yeah, we can have a podcast where one of the options is to talk about social issues. <laughs> yeah, um, but I feel like we've gone down sort of a a less lighthearted note and I don't necessarily want to end on this. Yes. Here's what I will end on. I talked about cephalopods and how smart mm-hmm. they are. And this is one of the articles I was thinking about talking about. And we mm-hmm. won't talk about it for very long, but I have talked about octopi before. Uh-huh. This year, an octopus stole a photographer's camera and won an underwater photography competition. <gasps> incredible how talented yeah Yeah, very talented this year's uh, ocean art underwater photography competition managed to um yeah one of the uh this octopus stole the one of the photographers uh yeah a very curious the photographer said a very curious octopus um 
The photographer said, I placed my camera near its den and the octopus started interacting with it. Uh, it came completely out of the den and to our amazement, it started shooting pictures. Phenomenal. From the photographer, whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce. But um, yeah, so there are still marvelous and miraculous things happening um, in this world. This podcast is about yeah. hearing the good news you um, have heard the good news about cuttlefish. You've heard the good news about um, solar power, solar power, Cape and Cod. Um, Cape Cod and solar farming. God, I could talk about that forever. <laughs> um, Paul uh, Rudd, and you've heard the good news about fuck. What did I talk about? Apps legislature pay- to restrict restaurants from losing so much of their profits. Yeah. Um, um, and you've heard the good news about how to um, be a good political, not a good political activist, be an activist in the in a, the best be way that suits you. Be an active participant in your democracy. Democracy. And um, I have been Sophia. I have been Cat slash Dylan. You've you, heard the good news. Yes, you have indeed heard the good news. I will catch you. On the flip side. Good night and good news.